Welcome to the ArchMI Podcast, featuring our senior customer trainer, Blaine Rada. Arch Mortgage Insurance Company, or ArchMI, is a leading provider of mortgage insurance, or MI, in the United States. Our competitive pricing tool, ArchMI RateStar, is the leading risk-based pricing platform in the industry, providing rates based on a thorough understanding of the underlying risk. Here's your host, Blaine Rada. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Blaine Rada with ArchMI. This season four is all about reviving realtor relationships. And if you have not listened to the first episode of this season, I would encourage you to do that before continuing with this one. Because I provide some context and other information that I don't share in the other episodes. It's only 10 minutes. So um, again, it's only I'm only encouraging you to do that. You're certainly free to disregard that suggestion and continue listening to this episode. Today, we're going to talk about uh, today's home sellers. And again, a lot of this is based on uh, the information from the National Association of Realtors Profile of Home Buyers and Home Sellers Report that is released every year. Um, You may be wondering, well, why would we care as a mortgage lender what is going on with home sellers? And I just want to put out there that listing agents, the realtors that either work primarily with people who are selling homes um, or even if that's not their, you know, their priority in their work for every purchase, there is a listing agent, right? There is somebody who has listed that home for sale who is not likely going to be the same person that sold it. Um, I learned very quickly as I was uh, becoming a realtor myself that while it sounds very enticing to be both the listing and selling agent on a home because you get to have all of the commission Uh, Of course, no realtor keeps all of their commission. They have to give some or a lot, depending on where they work, uh, to their managing broker, the company that they work for. But you're not sharing it with another realtor, right? You get to kind of keep all of the realtor share yourself if you're both the listing agent and the selling agent. And one of the things I learned very quickly was you actually don't want to do that. (laughs) Um, In fact, you have to have people sign and acknowledge if that is going to happen, that everybody understands the complexity of you representing both sides. Um, myself, personally, I, I wouldn't want to do that because you can't really fairly represent either side when you represent both. So that means on every transaction, there's not only the realtor who sold the people that ho- the home, who you're hopefully going to have them refer to you to get a mortgage, but there's also the listing agent. There's also the, the realtor that represented the seller. And I think that's kind of a forgotten side of the transaction that we often don't think about. There's a a whole nother group of realtors that you may not be connecting with because you're not thinking about that side of it. So understanding what's going on with home sellers and the realtors that work with them might give you some ideas on how you could position yourself as a resource or an expert uh, that could also be a valuable resource for uh, listing agents. So I'm going to share, I think, kind of three sets of information with you here. Um, First of all, about 70% of the people, and again, we're talking home sellers here, right? So this is a little bit of a shift. Previously, we've been focusing a lot on buyers. Um, So we're talking about from the home seller's perspective, about 70% found their agent through a referral. Wow. So when they decided to sell their home, about 70% of the time, the agent that they wound up with was referred to them by I'm assuming friend, family, somebody whose you know, opinion they trust and respect. Well, that could be you, right? I mean, if, 
if referral is such a strong indicator of where someone's going to find the realtor that lists their home, what if you had the ability to refer realtors to people who have the need to sell a home, right? I mean, this is, again, the whole reason why those relationships that you could be cultivating could be very beneficial to the realtor because your referral will mean a lot. Over 80% only contacted the one agent. So in other words, they 80% of the time they met with the one realtor who two-thirds of the time was referred to them, and that was it. They did not seek out another opinion. Now, in the course of selling homes myself, um, sometimes I've gone that route because I've done a really good job of kind of vetting and finding out who the best realtor was that I thought I wanted to work with. And once I met with them, it pretty much confirmed that everything I thought I knew is indeed what you know was true and therefore let's just move forward. Um, but I can also think of transactions where I have interviewed, you know, maybe two or three realtors, right? To just kind of find out who's whose style or whose, you know, whose way of doing business kind of resonates with me and and feels like they'd be a good fit. But over 80% will only contact one agent. So again, the implication of that is the referral is really significant because if most people are just going to go with the first person they talk to, how important is it to be that person? How important is it to be the agent that is referred to a seller. So again, think about are there ways that you could be that person? Are there ways that you could be someone who is referring realtors to people who are selling their home? A little over half used the same agent for both the sale and their purchase. So assuming, you know, they were purchasing something else, which most people are, I mean, not everybody that sells a home is going to buy another one, but I would say most people probably sell a home and buy a home. Um, Over half the time, they used the same agent. In fact, 85% of the time, they use the same agent if both of those properties are within 10 miles of each other. And you might think, well, who only moves 10 miles away from where they lived before? Well, the three times that I've moved in the last seven years, all of those moves have been easily within 10 miles of where we were before. So we're just having a hard time pinpointing exactly where we want to live. But each time we just, you know, go a little bit, a little bit in a different direction. Um, And so that is actually quite common that people will only move. Now the average, I guess I should be, I should be clear here, the average distance, uh, this was also reported in the survey, uh, or I should say the median, they use the word median. So let's, let's use that word since that's different than average. The median distance that people moved from one house to another was actually 15 miles. So at least 50% of the time, even if it's 50 miles away, they're probably going to be using the same realtor for both sides of their transaction. But if they are moving only 10 miles away or less than 10 miles away, then 85% of the time they're going to use the same realtor to not only sell their home, but find them another. Uh, The typical seller will recommend their agent uh, twice. So after having conducted business with their realtor, right? Their realtor sold their home for them. um, The typical seller will recommend that agent two two other times. And about 30% of the time, 25 to 30% of the time, they'll actually recommend four or more times. They'll recommend that, that realtor four or more times. And again, I just know from my own experience, I have done that. When, the real, when I've been very pleased with the realtor that I've worked with, um, I have not hesitated to send them additional business and, and even give them leads and recommend people to them. I guess it, it begs the question, 
Is that happening for you? I mean, just from a mortgage standpoint, are your borrowers recommending you? Are your borrowers um, talking about you in a positive way? It might be the kind of thing you want to you want to try to find that out somehow, right? And and again, you, you'll have to figure out how to do that. But that might be the kind of data that could be very useful to you. Is are the people that you work with knowing that they're not going to be getting a mortgage, you know, for a few more years yet, right? I mean, even if they're going to refinance down the road, that's usually at least a few years. And with today's low interest rates, who knows if they're going to be refinancing? So. And they're not themselves going to be getting a mortgage all that often, but are they in the meantime recommending you to other people? If there's a way that you could find that out, that could be really good feedback for you. About 90%, I'm looking at two different numbers here, 74% definitely and 15% probably. So if we add definitely and probably together, we get 89%. So let's just call it 90% of sellers will recommend their agent for future services. And I think what they're getting at there is that their intention is to use them again. So that tells, tells me a couple of things. It tells me that if they're taken care of well, right, if their expectations are met or even exceeded, that the vast majority of times, not only are people going to recommend that professional, again, whether it's the realtor or hopefully you as the mortgage lender, not only are they going to recommend to other people, but their intention is to also use them again in the future. In other words, if you ask them after this transaction, do you think you would use this person again? The vast majority of people say yes. And I have found this to be true in mortgage lending as well, that the vast majority of people, when asked after they get their mortgage, would you use that same provider again? They say very enthusiastically, yes. But I also know that the data doesn't show that they actually do it. In other words, by the time they get the next mortgage or refinance or whatever it is that they're doing, they don't actually use the lender that a few years ago, they not only recommended to other people, but have had every intention of using again. Now, I don't know what the reasons for that are, but I can speculate that one of them is that maybe you haven't stayed in contact. Maybe you're no longer top of mind. Maybe other people have done a better job of marketing themselves. Or maybe simply now they have a friend or a family member that's in the business and they're going to go to them. I mean, there could be a lot of reasons, right? I don't know what the reasons are. I just know that people have very good intentions. They say very positive things, but that doesn't necessarily translate into additional business. So on the one hand, I think it's important to get that feedback and to know, do people feel strongly enough about you in a good way that they're going to recommend you to others and or have an intention to use you again? But I also know that the data doesn't always support that that actually happens. So then that makes me question, well, how valid is it that we found that out? So you have to you know, come to your own conclusions here. I'm really just giving you some food for thought. Um, but I, I thought that was interesting. Okay, next thing I wanted to focus on were the for sale by owners. And I've mentioned in, in previous episodes that that represents only about 70%, or excuse me, 7%. 70 would be huge. Uh, 7% of home sellers choose to sell on their own. Um, by the way, that is a historical low. 
which is very surprising to me because I would think in a market like we're in now, where it's usually not that difficult to sell a home. Now, you might be, you might be unrealistic with your price, right? I mean, if, if, uh, let, let, let's just cut to the chase here. This is what I've learned in the small amount of time I've spent, you know, playing in the real estate world. If a home is on the market for any length of time, there's either something wrong with it or it's priced too high. That's it. I mean, those are pretty much the only reasons. There's just either something that puts a lot of people off or it's not priced appropriately. You'd think then that a lot of people would be trying to sell their homes on their own because homes are selling and there's a shortage of homes. It's not hard to sell your home. If there's nothing wrong with your home and you price it accordingly, you could certainly question, do I need a realtor, right? Do I need help marketing? Do I need help nego oh, negotiating? And see, this is when you start to realize, wait a minute, there's a lot of stuff that realtors do besides just putting your property on a multiple listing service and, and putting pictures up on the internet. In fact, it's their expertise in negotiating contracts and handling all the little minefields right, that you start to walk through when you're buying and selling and getting a mortgage. And right, there's a lot of there's a lot of complex things happening in a real estate transaction. And that's when you need the expertise of a realtor and a professional you know, mortgage loan officer and an attorney um, and and all those folks that are going to help you get from, you know, from or to the finish line, I should say. Okay, but I'm just still thinking it's kind of surprising that there aren't more people trying to sell on their own. So maybe people are just smart and they know that it's not worth it. It's not worth trying to save the real estate commission and having to deal with everything yourself. Now, I just went through that experience myself. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, the last home that I sold, uh, I sold on my own. And basically, I, I just tried that first. Uh, because we had purchased that home at another previous high in the market and we were moving out, you know, two years later. And so we, it wasn't looking great from a number standpoint. And I thought, well, if I could save the real estate commission, and this is before I had become a realtor, right? So I was just thinking if I could save the real estate commission, that wouldn't be bad. And so it was in a townhome development. And the first thing I did is I just told the people on the board of the townhome association that we were going to be moving. Because I figured the people who are probably out there talking up the community the most would be the people on the board, right? Because they're always, you know, they're proud to be on the board and they talk up the place all the time with their friends and, and people that they know. So I just let them know, hey, FYI, uh, we're going we're gonna to put this home on the market. Uh, we haven't done anything officially yet. We're not working with a realtor initially, but just wanted you to know, you know, we're going to be moving. We're going to be selling. And sure enough, within, I don't know, a couple of weeks, some random person came into the neighborhood who liked the community. They stopped someone walking their dog to say, hey, do you know of anybody that's selling their unit in here? And that person somehow knew that we were. I wish I knew who they were because a lot of people walk dogs. And so I never found out who this person was. I'd love to give them a big hug and thank them. But they said, oh, yeah, these people over here pointing to our unit. I think they're moving. And so they put a note in our mailbox saying that they were interested in talking to us about selling the property and one thing led to another and we did it. But I'll tell you, it was an incredible amount of work because I didn't have the expertise of a realtor and I had to do all that stuff myself. Now, of course, I had an attorney and they had an attorney, um, but they didn't have a realtor either. Um, fortunately, they were 
people that didn't need a mortgage. So we didn't have the complexity of appraisals and mortgages and all of that. But it just made me realize, wow, there's a lot to a real estate transaction besides just agreeing on a price and shaking hands. And, and so, yeah, for sale by owners are at historical lows, probably because of the complexity of a transaction. Um, by the way, I said it was about 7% of real estate transactions are for sale by owner. If you're in a rural area, that number actually almost doubles. It's about 12% in rural areas. Um, and it's actually about half, 4% in urban areas. So in the, in the cities, especially the big cities, much fewer people trying to sell on their own. In rural communities, more people trying to sell on their own. Why am I even bringing this up? Because again, I think there's opportunities, right? What if that person who bought our place had needed a mortgage? and they're not working with a realtor, and they're relocating from another state, which they were. They know nobody. Wouldn't it have been nice if they had needed a mortgage, if I would have been able to say as the for sale by owner person, oh, by the way, here's the name of a loan officer, or here's the name of a couple of lenders that I would check out because I have confidence that they can help you and they'll take good care of you. So you might, again, it's not a huge percent, uh, percentage of all the business that's being done, but if nobody else is really contacting for sale by owner sellers and offering their services as a mortgage lender for any potential buyer that comes to them, even helping pre-qualify the person if that hasn't been done yet, I mean, just think of the possibilities. And oh, by the way, that seller is probably buying something else and may need a mortgage. So it couldn't hurt to just establish a relationship in case they need a mortgage themselves. Okay. Third thing I wanted to share um, are the incentives that are sometimes offered by sellers. Uh, now, again, this survey was done July of 2020 through June of 2021. So completely during the pandemic, but not representative of a calendar year, 2021. So, you know, it's not as, as up to date as if it was just, you know, the end of 2021. According to this survey, about 25% of sellers offered incentives in mortgage speak, contributions, concessions, right? They offered incentives um, to assist the buyer and to make a deal happen. That's actually down considerably from where it typically is, but that's probably because we're in this seller's market, right? So a seller doesn't have to offer all kinds of things to entice a homeowner, you know, to buy their place because um, they're going to sell it no matter what. I'm only bringing this up because that's a whole nother opportunity where you can educate and teach realtors about the nature of these things we call contributions and concessions and how some of them are okay and some of them are not okay and what they should and shouldn't be writing into a contract. You know, there's all kinds of stuff that I'm sure you've seen where realtors are putting in these goofy seller concessions that are now going to create a problem when the buyer goes to get a mortgage and then contracts have to be rewritten and people are getting all bent out of shape and upset and all this stuff could have been solved and never happened if the realtors would know about some of the things that you know as a lender, a, a lending expert. So an opportunity there. Okay. So again, I'm giving you a lot of information as food for thought, but let me just give you a few thoughts to, to end with. I think there's opportunities to think about how we could do business with listing agents and with the sellers. In other words, that whole side of the transaction is largely ignored by mortgage lenders. The focus seems to always be on 
the selling or the 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 buying realtor and and the buyer and also for sale by owners i think there's opportunities to um, obtain some additional business and develop relationships with with for sale by owners um, and there's oppor- opportunities to teach realtors right to teach realtors things that they don't know one of the reasons that i chose to go through the process of becoming a licensed real estate broker was that i wanted to know what they're taught in other words i've been in lending a really long time and I have no idea what realtors are taught as it relates to the financing, uh, the mortgage end of the transaction. And so I wanted to go through that same experience that they go through so that I could know directly what they're taught. And I can tell you, it's not much when it comes to the mortgage side of things. They are relying on you to be the expert. But I think as a mortgage lender, we should be teaching them more than we do. And I'll get into that in another episode. Um, it sets you apart as someone who's helping them be better at their job. Okay, so that is it for this episode. As always, I know you've got a lot of places you can spend your time, and I appreciate that you've decided to spend a little bit with me, and I hope that it was worthwhile. This is Blaine Rader with ArchMI. Until next time, let's revive some realtor relationships. Arch Capital Group Limited's U.S. mortgage insurance operation, ArchMI, is a leading provider of private insurance covering mortgage credit risk. Headquartered in Greensboro, North Carolina, ArchMI's mission is to protect lenders against credit risk while extending the possibility of responsible homeownership to qualified borrowers. ArchMI's flagship mortgage insurer, Arch Mortgage Insurance Company, is licensed to write mortgage insurance in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, and Puerto Rico. For more information, please visit archmi.com. ArchMI is a marketing term for Arch Mortgage Insurance Company and United Guarantee Residential Insurance Company. All rights reserved.